Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! My head completely still hurts, but man, what a Saturday night it was in Missoula. Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Appreciate you for tuning in with us here on this Monday Fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not even sure. This is the last show of 2023. We'll be back on the radio airwaves once the calendar changes to 2024. But what a way to send us out and uh, end this calendar year and head into the 2024 year. If you haven't heard, if you live under a rock, the Grizz are going back to the national championship. What an unlikely and amazing season it's been for the University of Montana. What an incredible run uh, by this group of Grizz. And what a game it was on Saturday afternoon into the evening in Missoula. How about double overtime against the perennial power? And it's hard to say that it's David versus Goliath because for a long time, Montana was Goliath. But talk about a reascent to the elite ranks of the national uh, FCS landscape by the Grizzlies, including knock it off, perennial power Delaware. Perennial power, Furman, and then the perennial power, the top team over the last 10 or 12 years in the North Dakota State Bison. And for it to take not only two overtimes, but some of the craziest back and forth you will ever see. Uh, An unbelievable uh, afternoon into the evening on Saturday. I I would say in my journalism career is the best game I've ever covered. It's in my top three games I've ever watched, period. 
Last time there was a game like that came in 2009 in the semifinals of the FCS playoffs. I was just a fan that game. My brother was playing for the team. Several of my best friends were on the Grizz, and I was not in a reporter capacity for that game. But this, uh, I was, and I would say this is the number one game I have covered in my entire sports writing and radio broadcasting career. So we will spend a whole bunch of time on all that. I got all the key moments from the game. We have a ton of sound bites. Appreciate Jeff Safford for getting everything uh, all lined up for us with all the sound bites we got today. We'll hear from Bobby Houck, Junior Bergen, Braxton Hill of the University of Montana. We'll also hear from Cam Miller, Jake Kava, and Matt Entz of the North Dakota State Bison. That's all part of the Montana Football Hour right off the top here on Nuanas Now. And then we'll get into the Monday afternoon quarterback. Marty Mornowig will be in studio with us. I'm sure he's a torn man because he's a Grizz alum, an all-time Grizz great, a Grizz Hall of Famer, and a guy who makes his home here in Missoula. So certainly a lot of allegiance to his alma mater. He also has a son that coaches at North Dakota State. Uh, so there's blood on that side as well. So uh, we'll get Coach Marty's perspective, of course, on the Grizz semifinal victory as well as the uh, the entire Weekend that was in the NFL, uh, the Monday afternoon quarterback. It's funny. It's been our uh, our NFL segment, and now it's kind of evolved into our part NFL, part college football segment just because it's been so good and so fun uh, to cover the Big Sky Conference all season, uh, and especially the University of Montana now 13-1, and 10 wins in a row, and going back to the national championship, but going to Frisco, Texas for the first time. Since the, uh, the, the championship moved there, the Grizz have been now to eight national championships. But the first couple were in Huntington, West Virginia, 95 and 96. And then in 2004, I guess 2001, 2004, 2008, and 2009, they were all in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So this is the first time the Grizz have gone uh, to Frisco, Texas. So uh, that should certainly be... Yeah, an interesting deal. We'll get into all that because Bobby Howe has some thoughts on all that. That's your show outlook here on Nuanas Now. You're listening to 1029 ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching or streaming on the ESPN MT app. You can also always stream 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, and that's where you'll find our audio live stream. And if you want to be a part of the show, you got questions, comments, concerns, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029, and all guests will join us via the Regish Brothers RV phone line. Please call or text. And Jeff can uh, send any and all questions and comments you might have along uh, to my phone, and you can be a part of the show here uh, on Nuance. Now, my best of the weekend, I mean, man. Washington Grizzly Stadium is a place that has a lot of magic. It certainly can conjure up plenty of magic. It's certainly uh, an awesome place here in the Garden City. And uh, I can't really think of a time when it was like how it was. I mean, it's certainly yesteryear you have to go back to to have anything even close to comparable. But a crowd of 26,500 and change, a full sellout, the seventh sellout of the season for the University of Montana, and uh, not only that, but Grizz fans totally brought it. And then you have a game that's just unbelievable amount of excitement. Back and forth. North Dakota State scores with 51 seconds to go in regulation. They force overtime. Then they score on the very first play of the overtime period. Then the Grizz bounce right back. 
Junior Bergen, who had given them a fourth-quarter lead earlier uh, in the uh, evening with a 47-yard punt return for a touchdown. He then scores the, on the very first possession uh, of the Grizz um, overtime, their first possession of overtime. That ties it, since it's a double OT. Then Bobby Houck made sure the officials knew that we had to change sides. So many of you probably saw all of us media guys racing and rushing from the south end zone, sprinting 120 yards down to the north end zone. The officials didn't really know what to do because we were all making our way down there. The officials were ready to set the ball and get the second overtime going, and you just have this horde of media and photographers and filmers and all that making their way to the other side of the field. Uh, So then we get down to the north end zone, and it's the Grizz turn, and Eli Gilman punches one in, gets a touchdown, and in double OT in the FCS, you got to go for two. So Montana goes for two. They run a wide receiver reverse pass with Junior Bergen, who, by the way, happened to be a former high school quarterback. He uh, is face masked as he rolls towards the Grizz sideline. You see the flag fly, so then he's smart enough to just throw it, and he throws it into the back of the end zone. It gets tipped by a North Dakota State DB, pops up in the air, but it lands right in Keelan White's hands. And uh, Keelan White secures the two-point conversion. That ended up being the final margin of victory for Montana. But they needed to get a stop first. So uh, North Dakota State did answer with a touchdown. T.K. Marshall had a four-yard touchdown plunge on third down to keep the Bison in it. And then they ran this form of uh, weird, like, kind of swinging gate that um, had Cole Payton, their, their sort of wildcat quarterback, in. And... They ran also a wide receiver reverse. And Rajah Nelson, one of their top receivers, he looked, I, I couldn't even tell you who he was looking for, but he was trying to throw the corner of the end zone. And then when Corbin Walker secures the interception and the Grizz are officially going to the national championship game, that was as much bedlam as I have ever seen at a college football game in my entire career. The Grizz didn't even know who to celebrate with. Everybody was losing their minds. They were just kind of running around in circles. Everybody looked like chickens with their head cut off. I couldn't even take a good video because everybody lost their minds so much. They don't know who's fans and media and who's doing what. I'm trying to get video. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm soaking in the moment, but I'm trying to absorb it all. And all I see is <laughs> all, I, I'm just getting mobbed. I'm getting hit from every side. I'm getting pushed and shoved and hugged and picked up. And I was like, just leave me alone. But, you know, you got to soak in the environment when you're in that sort of environment. And that's uh, certainly... That was the case. So that's my best of the weekend. Shout out to Missoula. Way to show out. What an awesome environment. Everybody that was in attendance talked about it. North Dakota State talked about it endlessly. All the people that were in from out of town talked about it. It was uh, it was quite a deal. Quite an unbelievable uh, scene there uh, in Missoula, Montana. And now Montana advances to take on the uh, defending national champion, South Dakota State. A no contest. 59-0 over Albany on Friday night. And uh, so SDSU now 28 in a row. And their defense of the national championship continues. And that's going to be a buzzsaw. We'll get into all of that. But uh, for the moment, we'll focus on how Montana is able to make it back to the FCS national championship game uh, for the first time since 2009. Now, uh, Andrew Houghton is out. He's, on his, he's already on his way. I shouldn't say he's on his way. He's already made it home. Uh, he's from Washington, D.C. We had planned on having this last couple weeks off. I'm off starting tomorrow for the rest of the year. So Andrew wanted to get home. And, uh, I mean, anybody that's from 
back east, you know it's quite an arduous task to get all the way to the east coast from Montana. So we planned this several months ago, and uh, so he's already back in D.C., and uh, so he was not at the game. But we decided to give a seat to Jeff Safford, and uh, what a game for Jeff to come uh, enjoy his first Grizz game of the year. I mean, arguably, truly one of the great games in the history of the stadium, and uh, Jeff got to see it live and in person, and now he's producing uh, this, the last show uh, of the year. Safford, first of all, I got a little double audio in my uh, headphones, so I don't know if there's a button you can push for me. But either way... uh, your thoughts just on what an awesome evening uh, in Missoula on Saturday. I think you just put it the right way. It was just an awesome night to be a part of. Just felt awesome to be a part of. To me, it's such a huge moment for the Missoula community. I mean, as you said, the whole city showed out, and it was just awesome to see. And me being a guy that went to the University of Oregon, I've seen a lot of wild environments in Austin Stadium, the noise of Austin obviously is thought of a lot. And quite honestly, Washington Grizzlies Stadium and that 25,000 stood right up to what I've seen in Austin in terms of the environment and the fans. And I think the thing that was really the coolest in terms of fan environment that I saw was walking across the bridge after the game. Obviously, NDSU fans kind of hanging their heads, so to speak. But There was a lot of just camaraderie back and forth, but the fan bases, fans sharing thoughts about the big moments in the game. Oh, this could have gone this way, or oh, you know, you've got a great program. And it was just two fan bases that were proud of their teams, and there wasn't any negative stuff, fighting or cussing or any of that sort of stuff. So I thought that was really awesome to see also that both teams were, both teams' fan bases were really awesome in victory and defeat. I said that. Just a true shame that anybody had to lose that game. I mean, that's the way sports goes. It's either one or the other. You either win or you lose. That's pretty easy to figure out. But both teams left it all on the field. I thought North Dakota State showed tremendous heart. In a lot of ways, I thought North Dakota State outplayed Montana. I thought they made some critical errors, though. I also thought that the way the Grizz are able to stiffen in the red zone has been a key to their success, not only on Saturday night, but during this 10-game winning streak that it ha- now has them at 13-1 and and headed to Frisco, Texas for the first time. Let's dive into the Montana Football Hours, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash located right next to us here on Radio Way. Winter's upon us. I know we're still waiting on that the big snow. We got a little snow, but we're still waiting on the big snow. But once it gets real wintry and and uh, blizzardy around here, they use the de-icers on the roads. You don't want that stuff on the undercarriage of your car. Rusts it all out. It's going to hurt the value of your car. So treat your uh, car like it deserves to be treated all winter long with Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula, located right next to us here, Radio Way uh, out North Reserve here uh, in Missoula. 31-29, double overtime, the final between the Grizzlies and the Bison. Let's hear from Montana head coach Bobby Houck. Hey, this is a more elongated opening statement than he usually gives, and uh, then he sort of trails off because I think truly for as many big games as he's coached in, as many games as he's coached in, period, as much as he's coached in Washington Grizzly Stadium, I think even he was in a state of disbelief by the way that that game all ended. Here's Coach Houck following the 129th win of his Grizz football career and, dare I say, perhaps one of, if not the biggest in the history uh, of his story resume. Obviously, we're, we're thrilled uh, with getting that win. We're thrilled to be playing for the national championship in a couple of weeks. And 
to start with, want to say congrats to North Dakota State on a on a great year. I thought they were playing better than anybody in the playoffs. Um, just what a terrific job. Uh, Matt Ants is a fabulous football coach, has had an unbelievable run in Fargo, and uh, just the competition has always been great, whether it's recruiting or on the field. Uh, greatly admire him and the job that he's done. USC is very fortunate to be getting that guy. He'll do big things. And then in terms of the game, I mean, yeah, double overtime probably is how that that should uh, finish up. Game like that, both teams fighting their tails off. Uh, obviously, we're, we're ecstatic to get the victory. Probably one of, one of, you can't quantify this statement, but it's one of the biggest games and greatest games in the, the history of our stadium. And uh, it was a pleasure to be a part of it. I mean, just a, a real privilege to be part of that game. It was two uh, terrific football teams going at it for four quarters plus two overtimes. And, you know, that's about all I got for you. That's that's about all I got for you, he says. Amazing. Bobby Houck certainly reflective. Uh, more reflective than he has been in the past as well so far this season. So, I, I heard a lot of comments. I've listened to that press conference back several times because uh, I had to obviously write a story. We had to produce the video of it. If you do want to watch, it was close to a 40-minute presser because NDSU's players went, and then Matt Entz went, and then uh, Bobby Houck and his players went. The Grizz gave more than 20 minutes of time. And um, if you want to see the whole thing, you can go watch it, SkylineSportsMT.com on our YouTube channel there on Skyline Sports. But we'll play plenty of clips from it. But I heard a lot of comments, people saying, well, Coach Houck talked a lot about how privileged and honored he was to coach in this game and coach this team. A lot of people were saying it sounded like a, you know, almost like he was implying that he was leaving. That's a story for the offseason. I do think there is going to be a story there, depending on what Bobby Houck wants to do, depending on what the University of Montana wants to do. But make no mistake, Bobby Howe controls his own destiny. If he wants to be the head coach at Montana after this year, he certainly will. He certainly can and certainly will be. But I did not read it like that. I did not read it like that he was on his way out or that that was some sort of admission statement or something that he was leaving. So we'll we'll leave it at that. I got a lot of people texting me saying, uh, Bobby seemed like he was talking in past tense, like his time with the Grizzlies was running thin, and I just I didn't interpret it that like that at all. I do think that over the last two months of the season, Bobby Houck has given great uh, reverence to enjoying the moment, and I think that's something that's maybe eluded him during his time as the head coach of Montana. And Riley Corkin has been joking with the voice of the Grizz and a friend of this show. He's been joking with Coach Houck all year, saying, "Hey, Coach, remember to have some fun." And now, now you've seen. After some of these big wins, whether it was over the Cats or, um, you know, in overtime against Furman, Montana's posted these videos of Coach Houck running into the locker room and crowd surfing with the guys, and I mean that's a departure from from sort of the, the stern and 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 tough-minded guy that Coach Houck portrays himself as, and, and certainly is. So um, I don't know, I think there are people who maybe read into that a little bit too much, but I do think that Coach Houck. Uh, Focused on the here and now, and how could you not? Because now you are one of two left in the FCS. And how about the path that Montana went through to get there? 
You knock out Furman, a revenge game from 30 years ago. Excuse me, you knock out Delaware, a revenge game from 30 years ago. Then you get Furman, a rematch of the 2001 National Championship. I mean, Delaware has 20-plus playoff appearances. Furman has 23 playoff appearances. And then you get the juggernaut, the team that has been in the SCS Final Four for 12 falls in a row. That's right. 12 semifinal appearances in a row for North Dakota State. Crazy. To put that in perspective, Montana has been to the Final Four of the FCS 11 times in their history. Montana's got an unbelievable tradition of winning. North Dakota State surpassed that number of semifinal runs just since the first time they made the playoffs. NDSU was a Division II school less than 20 years ago. They were only up into the Missouri Valley as recently as 2009, and they only made the playoffs for the first time ever since 2010. 2011, they made the Final Four for the first time. They've been in the Final Four every single year since then, so that's the prestige of this program. You want to tell you, it's been Radio's the Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. One of the, the best parts about Grizz football, Bobcat football, anything in the state of Montana, is the Montana-made flavor, a lot of these rosters. You look at this Grizz roster, and some of the most pivotal important and inspirational players on these uh, on this Grizz team are from Montana. I mean, Junior Bergen is the star of All-Stars. He is the absolute star of the moment right now, and deservedly so. And, uh, you know, we're going to start calling him the Magic Man because he's from the Magic City. He creates magical situations better than any Grizz since Mark Mariani, and I would actually argue probably better than almost any Grizz ever. And he's certainly been uh, the star of the playoffs so far for the Grizz. But then you look on the other side of the ball, and the heart and soul of this team resides in the linebacker core. They got a couple captains that are Montana-made. Levi Janicaro from Missoula Big Sky, number 37. Braxton Hill from Anaconda, Montana, uh, number 35. Tyler Flink could also get thrown in there as a Missoula guy. Ryan Tyrrell's a Missoula guy as well. Carson Rostad's from Hamilton. I mean, out of their top six linebackers, five of them are from a 50-mile radius, and four of them are from right here. I mean, three of them are from Missoula. I mean, that's pretty crazy to think about. I saw Matt Johnson, uh, the head coach of Missoula Big Sky, down on the field after the game, and, and man, he couldn't be prouder because you're talking about two linebackers from Big Sky who were walk-ons turned stars and Janet Carroll and Flink. But, but Matt Johnson is also from Anaconda, where Braxton Hill is from. And I, I just think that those are the stories that people love. That's, that's what makes people coming back for more through all the ebbs and flows and ups and downs of Grizz football. There's a reason they continue to sell out every single Saturday, and there's also a reason when Bobby Houck's the head coach that people just love it. They glom onto it because there's so much tradition behind building this on the hearts of the Montana kids, and that's what gives this program so much soul. Let's hear from one of the happiest guys around, man. It made me so happy seeing how happy he was. It's a young man we've talked to and mentored along the way. I won't. I don't want to take any credit for all of his successes, but certainly have known Braxton Hill since he was uh, just a high school kid, and, and I remember him reaching out to us and, and asking what he should do just in terms of the logistics of him walking on. And now here he is five years later. He's absolutely the centerpiece of the Grizz defense. He's the leading tackler almost every single Saturday, and he played with his hair absolutely on fire uh, on Saturday evening. Here's Braxton Hill. All the things about what this win means to him. Take us through your perspective on when you guys got the stop in overtime when Corbin got the pick. When Corbin got the pick? Yeah, I guess with like the, the last play. The version of the last play. Oh. I think they counted as a pick. You might yeah. be celebrating already. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was just relieved, and then people started coming <clears throat> left and right, and, I mean, I can't even put it into words, that feeling. I mean, I was just 
so excited and it was such a, a game up and downs and you know you just got to stay level-headed and I think we did that as a team and we finally got a break in overtime and I mean it was awesome I can't even describe it and then when the goalposts are coming down and I mean just win like that I mean how's that feel oh, it feels amazing did the fans I, get them they got them they got him? Yeah. Awesome. Good I couldn't even so see him. <laughs> Good. I hope they got him. I hope they're downtown. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm all jumbled up in people, whatever. I couldn't I couldn't tell if they had him, but, I mean, I'm glad they have him. So, I hope they're at the Mo Club right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope we get video of him carrying him across the bridge. There you go, Braxton Hill. And to be clear there, that was a misinterpretation on my part. I said that they got him. So I was standing on the field right below the goalpost on the north end zone. It was the best seat in the entire house. I mean, I thought Eli Gilman was going to eat my cell phone when he scored his touchdown because he's literally screaming in my face while I'm taking video. And then all of a sudden, here comes Journey Grimsrud and Chris Walker and Brandon Casey. So I got out of the way because that's some big boys coming your way. But anyways, a gal was like, hey – Right, watch out because we're taking the goalposts down. Now, I thought that they were doing it for the fans. So they could carry it around the field. But really, they were doing it for facilities so that they didn't lose their goalposts. So misinterpretation on my part. I said, I think they got them. They didn't get them. They were able to, you know, quote, unquote, save them. I don't know. I mean, on one hand, good job by the facilities, guys, because I think that's probably a, a, a little bit of a nightmare to lose your goalposts. On the other hand, yeah, got in the national championship in 14 years, so maybe you should let the fans carry the thing downtown over the bridge. I don't know. Either way, a whole lot of fun, but there was a little bit of a misunderstanding there. But you still got a great quote from Braxton Hill. I hope they're down at the Bow Club. Of course the guy from Anaconda, Montana, is going to say that. The guy, the owners of the Bow Club are from Anaconda. The old, the old owners, at least. Now the owners of the Bow Club are from Butte. So uh, that's why Montana's so great. So is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Like I said, it's a shame that anybody had to lose that game just because of the heart and soul that everybody played with within the scope of the action. I thought North Dakota State played great, except for in their red zone offense. thought the Bison ran the ball with authority, but then the Grizz were able to stiffen every time they got down into the red zone. I also thought Cam Miller was nails, even though his stats might not look uh, crazy. And I, and I also thought maybe they put the ball in his hands too much just given how prolifically they were running the football. Still... For this guy to have basically a two-minute drill fourth-quarter drive in Bozeman to send that game to overtime and then score the game-winning touchdown there to uh, keep North Dakota State's season alive, and then for him to come into Missoula and have ups and downs, certainly, you know, 9 of 22 for 157 yards. But the last drive of regulation was the one that mattered, and and the the throw to Eli Green in the corner of the end zone for the game-tying touchdown was an absolute dime. And I just thought he showed great resilience. And I thought North Dakota State, for all the tumult of the, the middle part of their season, losing three out of four and, and sitting at six and three, to then surge all the way down and win five in a row and get back to the final four for the 12th year in a row, it was definitely impressive. There was also this narrative coming into the game about Matt Entz being on his way out the door. Before the week, uh, it was announced that he's headed to USC to be the assistant head coach for the defense as well as the linebackers coach at USC. And I thought, I, I, I thought that just having this dead man walking narrative around their coach would have, it could have multiple different influences. E- either one, you know, North Dakota State 
they're downtrodden and they're they're sad that this guy's leaving them, so they they don't show up. That was not the case whatsoever. North Dakota State absolutely showed up. Two, maybe you play in spite of Coach Ince because you're glad he's leaving. I don't think that happened either. Or three, you play your best game to try to send him out the door. I'm not sure if that was NDSU's best game, but I think it was certainly one of their best games. Here's Cam Miller just on what this season meant to he and his teammates. It's a different deal to lose three games in North Dakota State. That, that didn't happen since 2009. So to be sitting there outside the top ten and then you play your way all the way into the Final Four, an impressive spurt by them. And that, that, Cam, that Cam Miller, who's been a, sort of a friend of the show, he's come on multiple times this last month. I thought he was very, very good and poignant in his post-game remarks. This is one of the the closest group of men that I've ever played with on any team, any sport, doesn't matter. Coach Roll said yesterday in our unit meeting, he said this is the closest unit that I have ha- I have seen in 16 years. So each other have, you know, we each have each other's backs and, you know, I feel like we would die for one another. And we just got so close throughout the adverse situations that we had been in throughout the entire year, and it just made us love one another even more. And Matt Entz, uh, he was also very emotional in his post-game remarks. We'll just roll those because uh, they sort of speak for themselves. It's been a unique year in in a positive way. Um, The word special, the word different comes out a lot. We got a locker room full of champions in my mind. The word love gets used a lot in our locker room and team room, so you can tell it's hard, but I'm excited for for what's next. NDSU is going to be in a good, they're in a good spot. Um, There's a good infrastructure, there's the right people, they'll be the right people, Um, you know, and, and Everyone knows what the what the standard is, and, and I think we played to the standard. Um, I know our fan base has expectations, and you know expectations are, are lousy; they're false. They don't they don't exist. Um, you know, when we were five and three, six and three, we said, "What's the standard look like?" And that's what we're going to try to play to. And I think we've we did a good job of getting there. Um, do I wish we'd have won a couple more games? Hell yeah! But um, I'm not apologetic for the standard. When we were after South Dakota State, or even after UND, probably kind of took a, a long, sat down and, and kind of looked at myself, looked at what we need to do, and and said, "We're just going to do what we're good at, and let's let's simplify game plan, let's practice, and let's attack our process as well as we can, and let's mitigate any issues, and and then let's not make." A whole bunch of knee-jerk reactions because that had been easy to do when you're five, five and three or whatever we were four and two at the time and and, and got whipped. Um, we we just the secrets in the dirt. We went back to work. Maybe that's what a farm kid from Iowa. That's the only thing I know how to do well. Certainly, Coach Jets was was on both sides of this thing because of the news breaking. And, and I don't really know if he had the intention of that news getting out there. That's just the way that information works. This day and age, you can't keep a lid on it. it news just travels too fast, and, and there's too many good reporters out there that can break it in uh, you know a 21st century fashion. But for anybody that was wondering what his 10 years at NDSU has meant to him, you could hear it there in his voice. Certainly an emotional evening and certainly uh, a heartbreaking way to lose if you're North Dakota State. But my, oh, my, what a college football game it was. Usually we do three big things about the Grizz. Well... That was such an epic game. We're going to do five big things about the Grizz on the other side. 
The Montana Football Hour. It's proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Give the gift of Dazzler's for Christmas. They have gift cards. You can also buy unlimited packages. The Legacy Package, $37 is how much it costs. You can get that and get all of the top washes there at Dazzler's. Unlimited every single month. Give the gift of Dazzler's. You can visit online. They also have a great app, or you can just swing by right next to us on Radio Way. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all Christmas season long at Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Five big things about the Grizz. Plus more sound bites. Bobby Houck, Braxton Hill, Junior Bergen, and the like. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. Nuan is now on ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Nuan is now the last show of 2023. We'll be back at it uh, here on the radio airwaves. On January 2nd, I'm getting kicked out of here. i got to use the rest of my vacation, and we don't have any more days left to do it. But we figured we'd recap the epic double overtime victory for Montana over North Dakota State on Saturday, and then we'll send you uh, into the new year. We'll have plenty of stuff here on ESPN Radio. Of course, we'll have all the bowls throughout the next couple weeks. We'll also have plenty of other uh, live sporting events from the NBA to uh, whatever else lands on the log. So have no fear. You'll have plenty of sports stuff here, and uh, then we'll have a full Week of lead-up coverage, two in the Grizz uh, are in Frisco. It's the Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. I got to tell you, I think sometimes certain narratives in, in sports get over overblown, but then there's some that are just very real. And I do think that the magic of Washington Grizzly Stadium is very real. Like, do I actually think it's it's conjured up magic by some wizard? No. No, I do not. But do I think that 26,500 people at the base of Mount Sentinel, as impassioned as you can be, with what are the most unbelievable games I've ever seen in my life playing out in front of you, that that makes a difference? I absolutely do. If that game's played... Anywhere but Missoula, does Montana win? I don't know, but I don't even want to talk about it because it was played in Missoula, and they did win. So my number one thing from our five big things about the Grizz is the magic of Washington Grizzly Stadium is real, and one of the guys that ignites the magic, one of the great alchemists, other than the one and only Bobby Houck, is the man that's emerged as the super-duper-duper star of Grizz football. He was already a star before the playoffs, but now this young man is into the stratosphere. Junior Bergen a 47-yard punt return to kick off the fourth quarter. He fielded it on the NDSU sideline. 
He winded it all the way around to the Grizz sideline. He trusted it, and he housed it. Fifth of his career, second in as many weeks in the playoffs. Here's Junior Bergen and Bobby Houck on the punt. Junior, other than uh, Sawyer's block, what else did you see? I mean, can you just take us how you got to the sideline and how important it was to get up to the left sideline? Um, well, the ball was kind of towards our right side, and our, we had return left on, and they were kind of fanned out to the field. So I kind of just stopped and cut it up a little bit, and I was going to cut it all the way back, but I was like, no, nah, just trust it. And um, thankfully I did, and you know, the, all those guys got their blocks, and we were, able, we were able to get out. Coach, what can you say about Junior coming up so clutch in the return game the last? Well, Junior's terrific. Uh, he's, a, he's a great football player. He can throw it, he can catch it, and he can run it. And, uh, you know, listening to him talk about the, the two-point play, it sounds like a quarterback talking about it, not a wide receiver that happens to be getting a chance to throw the ball. So, um, back to your question, um, he, he has a real knack for it uh, in the punt return game in particular. He's very good at it. Um, and, and again, like he just said, there's guys that had some monster blocks on that play. It doesn't happen without that. Obviously, it's why we've won the last two weeks. Second big thing about the Grizz, the Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Montana's defense has been lights out against opposing run games on Saturday, or uh, all season long. On Saturday, they were on their heels a little bit, and that's no fault of theirs. North Dakota State came in, first of all, with a reputation as one of the great power run teams in all of college football. But also you could tell that they, the, the one thing that I think North Dakota State knew they had was a significant size advantage on the fronts when they had the ball. NDSU's line is massive. They're always massive. The Grizz, their front six, it's based so much on speed and athleticism. I mean, Alex Governor is one of the most powerful and explosive interior guys in the country, but he still is only 285 pounds. The other guys, like Hayden Harris, one of the ends, he's only about 245. Uh, Garrett Husted, Kale Edwards, they're all two, sub 230. It, Montana's not that uh, girthy on the, the front line. The linebackers are all about the same. They're all about 6'1 or 6'2, 215 to 225 pounds. So certainly fine size, but you never call Montana's front six huge. You just call them really fast and really sound and great tacklers. You could tell NDSU just wanted to pile drive them off the ball. And NDSU was certainly uh, winning at the point of attack. But the resolve and the toughness that this Grizz defense plays with and the way that they can stiffen when you get in the red zone, that has been a pivotal factor all season long, and it was absolutely a factor on Saturday as well. Here's Braxton Hill on all the things Montana was able to do defensively, especially in the red zone. North Coast State had three drives that should have been touchdown drives. Instead, there were field goal drives, and Montana held North Coast State without a touchdown until 51 seconds left in regulation. Here's Braxton Hill on how. Credit to just everyone on the defense doing their job, you know, playing tough, hard-nosed football. A lot of times, it's you got to win your one-on-one. There, there's guys blocking you, so, you know, just getting off blocks and <clears throat> doing your job and trusting that the guy next to you is going to do their job. And we understood that we had to buckle down, and we were able to do that. Coach Bradford um, called some pressures on those third downs, and a couple times I think guys made good plays, either beat someone one-on-one or a guy was able to come free. And then, you know, credit to our secondary for staying back there in man coverage. And, yeah, we were able to get to Miller a few times. Braxton Hill, who on is now. Here's Matt Entz on the Grizz defense. 
you can't settle for field goals as much as we did early in the game, and that was frustrating. And, and, and take nothing away from, from Montana's defense. They were really good in the red zone, and man, they were better than us offensively in the red zone. But, you know, for us to kick three field goals, you know, if we could have turned a couple of those into touchdowns, uh, it could have been a different outcome. But, uh, again, two, two great programs playing and, and uh, bittersweet. It's hard to put pressure on quarterbacks like Cam Miller and Cole Payton because they move around so much. And NDSU, I mean, NDSU's pocket and how much time those guys had was almost endless until the dam started to break. And then Montana ended up getting three sacks. Cale Edwards had one, Hayden Harris had one, and then Braxton Hill and Tyler Flink shared one. They also had a sweet blitz where Hill came off the side and blasted Cam Miller. It wasn't a sack. It'll go down as a hurry, but I thought that was a key play in the game as well. I thought Montana's defense played great across the board. We mentioned the Montana-made flavor of it. I mean, how about Ryder Meyer, who busted his ankle against Furman, got rehab all week long, ended up rolling up 10 tackles, including six solos. Braxton Hill, 10 tackles, five solos. Levi Janicaro, nine tackles. Tyler Flink, seven tackles. Alex Gubner, the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, five tackles and a sack. It was a banner day for the Grizz defense, especially when they got down in the red zone. Nuwana's Dow, ESPN Radio. It's our Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Third big thing about the Grizz and the Grizz uh, 31-29 victory over North Dakota State. It's so rare that things live up to their billing, especially because we hype stuff up so much now. We're culprits of it. I mean, we try to not be hype machines or hyperbole-based around here, but... When we're giving you in-depth coverage, it makes every game seem bigger because the more you know, the more you care. That's kind of why journalism around sports is important. There's also the checks and balances, the accountability, all that stuff. But the more you know, the more you care, and the more uh, you can engage in all of it. Well, then that's particularly true when it's a a well-known opponent like North Dakota State, one with so much pride and prestige. And this game had an unbelievable amount of hype. I mean, the tickets for this thing sold out in like 15 minutes earlier last week. And then the game lived up to the billing times a thousand. It was definitely one of the great games I have ever covered and ever watched in my life, regardless of sport. I thought both teams showed hearts of a champion and uh, what a sweet college football game. Bobby Houck was asked about this exact dynamic. Uh, Bobby, this is the third Bison game at this stadium. Had pretty amazing drama to it. <coughs> what is it about these programs when you guys get together here? <laughs> well, I think first of all, it's two really good teams, you know, and knowing all three of those head coaches are friends of mine, and they all have done just a magnificent job, you know. In 2003, when Craig was getting it going, we we collaborated a lot on what it needed to look like as they were. Moving up to FCS, and I probably helped them too much because they became the best team. Uh, we like to think at the time we were kind of one of those. And uh, I don't know, it's just two really proud programs that have great long tradition. When you go to the Fargo Dome and you see how many championships years they have uh, pasted on the wall there, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, it, I, I, I think people understand, but... You know, I, I just it, North Dakota State has been a good football program for a hundred years, um, and you know, we, you know, we kind of like think we invented it here too a little bit. At least our fans do. So that lends itself to two teams that really battle. It's how it's expected to be played there. It's how it's expected to be played here. And uh, it's pri- like I said earlier, it's a privilege to be in these games. North Dakota Radio, it's the Montana Football Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. I know. 
sometimes like the constant and and omnipresent reminder of how great of an atmosphere Washington Grizzly Stadium is, sometimes it gets a little bit redundant. Sometimes it gets a little bit tedious. Sometimes it seems like placating. Like after the Delaware game when Ryan O'Connor, the Delaware quarterback, was talking about how they played at Penn State earlier this year and it wasn't even close, Montana was way louder. I do take comments like that with a little bit of a grain of salt only because Penn State beat Delaware 63-7. to Happy Valley was certainly probably not nearly as loud as when they play Michigan or Ohio State. So it's not apples to apples, it's apples to oranges. Sometimes I think that sort of some of that stuff gets overblown. Make no mistake, though, the environment and the atmosphere was an absolutely pivotal factor on Saturday night. There's no doubt about it. This is not placating. This is just reporting. Here's a couple comments on the atmosphere. We'll start with Jake Kava, a senior defensive end from North Dakota State. Our, my fourth big thing about the Grizz and NDSU, the environment surely affected the Bison. Uh, it's 2023. I mean, we're, our planes be flying. It's not like we're taking a bus anywhere, but, uh, you know, Hats off to Coach Kramer, our strength conditioning program. You know, I don't I think these guys can test that my legs feel just as fine as a day to a fall camp. So, you know, we do a great job of strength conditioning. But, yeah, I mean, getting to go on the road for three games, you know, how close this group, you know, how close we've gotten over these last, you know, four weeks of the playoffs, you know, it's, it's been special. And, I mean, this is, was an unbelievable environment tonight. I mean, I couldn't, you know, you never want your career to end, but, you know, I – it's a little bit easier knowing like this will be my last memory of college football. I'm scoring. Jake, what do you think it says about this group that they were able to fight to not one but two overtime and you know come back from being down some pretty big situations early? What does it say about this group? Yeah, I mean obviously it's there's no consolation prize for it. Like we're pretty upset. Like we, we expect to be playing in national championships every year. But um, you know, just you know you guys I don't know very many people thought we'd be here. I mean we all thought that, we all knew that. But I'm um, just extremely proud of the guys, proud proud of the uh, coaching staff, administration, just everyone coming together, staying behind us, believing in us. Like Coach Hens, you know, our word was, you know, believe this season. And, you know, there's there's some days, obviously, I, probably even in the locker room, some of the guys are like, oh, like, are we good enough to do this? Are we good enough to do this? And just kind of, you know, keep working, keep working, keep working and get to this point. I mean, it's been an, an unbelievable ride. You know, it's it sucks that it had to end this way. Um, hats off to Montana. They're, they're a hell of a team. They did a good job today. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. From a logistical standpoint, North Dakota State, they run a bunch of pre-snap motions. They show you so many different formations. They run so much pre-snap stuff. That's one of the 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 allures of what Tyler Roll, the offensive coordinator, does offensively that makes North Dakota State hard to defend. They'll show you a million different formations, and then they'll hit you right in the face. <laughs> it's A-gap power a million different ways, right? But they've also added a whole bunch of folds from the quarterback run game to a lot of the quarterback waggle and RPO stuff that they do. The offense has d- certainly diversified itself and become very sophisticated. But when you're running all that pre-snap stuff, crowd noise certainly plays a factor. There was multiple times when North Dakota State had third and shorts that turned into third and longs. For example, one of their field goals in the first half, they had it at third and short, almost into the red zone. Then they had three false starts. One of them actually saved them because Isaiah Childs blocked a punt and Cooper Barnum recovered it, but they got it called for a false start. But they wouldn't have been having to punt if it wasn't for two false starts previous to that. Cam Miller addressed how it affected just the operations of the NDSU offense. We knew it was going to be loud. Um, You know, we had played in some pretty big venues, UND, South Dakota State, um, you know, Bozeman, and... It was definitely the loudest, but I thought we handled it pretty well. There were some third and shorts that uh, we wish we could have back, um, and that's on me. 
they were stunting up front and we should have used a different cadence um, to eliminate that but it was extremely loud I know the tackles were having a hard time hearing me but uh, I thought for the most part, we had confidence and, you know, we stayed composed the entire time. I knew that we were going to be able to run the ball efficiently, and I thought we did that for the entire game. Like I said, we got in third and short, and I feel like the, the impact of the crowd noise kind of affected us a little bit. But at the same time, we had practiced all week with a loud environment. Um, you know, we cranked music, cranked, you know, sound. So... Um, yeah, it was just frustrating. You can't simulate it, and Matt Ann said exactly that. That's Cam Miller here on Nuanas Now. It's part of the Montana Football Hour. Montana 31, North Dakota State 29, double overtime. What an all-time and instant classic from Washington Grizzly Stadium on Saturday afternoon into the evening. And the Grizz going back to the national championship game for the first time since 2011. My fifth big thing about this Grizz-NDSU game, this team just seems like a team of destiny. They were hanging by a thread after they lost at NAU. Even though they'd gone 3-0 and in their non-conference, there was a lot of question marks about this Grizz team. Who was the quarterback? What are they doing offensively? Why is the offensive line not living up to the billing? What's going on across the board defensively? When will the secondary settle in? They have risen to the occasion and addressed every single one of those. And now they remind Bobby Houck of one of his all-time great teams. We'll see if it ends differently than it did in the year he's referencing, here's a little reminiscing from Coach Alk. I mentioned it to Riley on a radio show that this team reminded me of the 2008 team, which I thought was undervalued going into the season, and then uh, lost our first conference game down at Weaver State, and then went on a roll and went and played for the national championship. And, you know, there's some things that are really identical to that. I think it's interesting that a lot of former players from those teams and our past couple teams were here today, a lot of them. And uh, I think everybody's fired up for this team because they, they've got they've got a lot of grit, got a lot of mental and physical toughness, highly competitive, just, just like all of our Grizzly teams. And this one has found a way to pull out games like, like that one today. So many former players. As we sat there on our ESPN College game day right next to the walking bridge, I can't tell you how many old boys from school that I uh, that I saw. I mean, I won't even rattle off all the names because we'd be here forever. But certainly a return, and I think it's because this Grizz team reminds people of old Grizz teams, and I think that's why Missoula is just on fire right now with hype over the Grizz. This isn't a, a, a big thing because we already got through all the big things, but I got to tell you, there's no question in my mind that no matter what his persona is during press conferences, that what has gone on has made Bobby Houck as proud as a head coach can be. Here's how he ended his press conference on Saturday evening. Coach, your perspective from when the two-point conversion was no good and you guys win the game, I mean, what's going through your mind when you know you're going to the national championship game? Well, it's it was... Uh, we didn't have a timeout left. We'd have called it there and told them what to expect, but our guys were pretty dialed in. It was, a, it was a play we actually somewhat expected. That's why it looked the way it did. It's uh, something we saw them do a year ago. I mean, it, it goes back to mid-season last year, I think, and our coaches did a good job of keeping that in their memory banks, and our, our players uh, knew that they lined up that way, that we, that's probably what we were getting, and we did. So I thought we had a chance to stop it, because we kind of suspected that's what they would do and obviously then when you you win I appreciate Brandon picking me up I flopped on the ground like I dropped dead <laughs> thank goodness you didn't have to do CPR or nothing but 
that's exciting. I mean, golly, our, everybody was pretty excited. It's it's fun. I mean, it, uh, let's let's say this. Um, that game, uh, winning that game brings great joy to everybody on our team and staff. But it also, Grizzly football brings a lot of joy and happiness to a lot of people in, in uh, Montana and and uh, in our alumni base. And um, Grizzly football is special, and that was a special game. Certainly was a special game. Bobby Houck here on the Montana Football Hour. We're up against it. We'll come back and give you a brief, brief hit preview of the Grizz trip to Frisco. Next, keep it right here. The Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula, ESPN Radio. We are up against it here on the Montana Football Hour, but the Grizz going to Frisco after a 31-29 double overtime victory over North Dakota State. They will take on South Dakota State. The Jacks, salty as ever, 28 wins in a row after a 59-0 shellacking of Albany on Friday night in Brookings. Bobby Houck talked about the logistics of going back to Frisco, Texas. He's been to the national championship three times, always in Chattanooga, always on a short week. Now his team has multiple uh, weeks of rest leading up to the chipper on January 7th. There's no drawback to it. It's kind of an unfair disadvantage for us the last time around because they moved the game, and it was generally on Friday night. We would have to, you know, on the 08, we had to fly the East Coast, fly back, get stopped off for weather or something in Minneapolis. We'd get back. We would practice for a day. We'd practice Tuesday morning in the snow here and then have to fly out Tuesday afternoon. Meanwhile, we'd play teams from the East Coast that were busting in there generally and uh, getting an extra day of work. We never practiced for those games. It was logistically a nightmare. So this is great for us. We get to practice. We get to treat. We get to lift. We get a couple days off for Christmas. This is, this is uh, an outstanding setup for us. No doubt. Montana will go down Tuesday of championship week. They'll practice Tuesday through Friday and then have a walk through Saturday and then roll on Sunday. I do think that could be a huge factor for the Grizz. More on this game and more on the NFL. Right for this, that was the Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long with Dazzler's. More on Nuanas now. The Monday afternoon quarterback, Marty Mornaweg, in studio next. Keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 